Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, 384, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a big show, the return of the salty one in the second hour, Mackenzie Brooks, and we're going to dive into the WNFC Nine Cup preview in about uh, an hour or so when Mackenzie arrives, and we're also going to be having the chat with Grace Cooper, the Grace Cooper of the Minnesota Vixen, the D1 National Championship as she faced the Boston Renegades. Um, and we're going to be in the house, uh, we'll be able to get Angelita Furman of the D- Derby City Dynamite back so we can do the interview with her, the D3 MVP. And in the first huddle, we are going to be talking to Sun City Stealth Assistant Coach Marcus Riley and rookie Perla Mancata on the off-season event that happened against the Houston Power here last weekend and their preparation for the 2022 um, WFA season. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Really, really appreciate you guys sharing and letting everybody know about our podcast. We had a great bump on our Spotify and also on our iHeart. And thanks to all the U.K. fans out there that are following us, uh, also our Russian followers as well. Really appreciate it on the Euro scene, really giving us a bump there in terms of the rankings. So it really helps out uh, for us to bring awareness to women's tackle football internationally as well. And don't, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter as well. Uh, send your friends there, share it, and they get the latest updates on Women's American Football and NFL News right there on Twitter. So go to uh, Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. Get the link right there on our podcast host link as well. Don't forget, uh, Monkey Knife Fight's our podcast sponsor. You can go to monkeyknifefight.com right now. Use our code NJF. Get a 5 $5 free play up to $100 match. You can play Major League Baseball right now for the whole month. You can also play uh, PGA, MMA, and get ready to play NFL as we get closer into the mid-August event. So don't forget to go to MikeAndIFire.com, use the code NJF, get your free $5 play up to a $100 match. And so check it out, MikeAndIFire.com, use code NJF. All right, a lot of action happening international that we haven't dived into, but if you're at the hub at facebook.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties, you would know all the stuff that's happening. But basically a, a lot of action happening overseas in the Division One in Finland and also in the Maple League. So we'll start there before we get into the uh, Monkey Night Fight huddle with the Sun City Stealth. Uh, but uh, you want to be able to dive into it. Uh, Tampiri Saints, really impressive all season. Right now, Turku, uh, Turku Trojans as well. So we're going to dive in. There's a couple of weeks left in the Finland season. This past weekend was week seven in Division One as the Tampere Saints uh, blew out 57-6 to six, uh, against the Jaguars. Uh, then also on August 1st, the Royals and Crocs game was canceled because of the, um, the forfeiting of the the Crocs no longer for the season. So three weeks left in the season, and they will forfeit all the other games at this point. Um, so the win goes to the Royals. 
Uh, they're revamping the schedule at this point, and I don't think it's going to affect them much because it's going to be the Jaguars that are going to be affected for the most part at this point. Uh, Eagles Coda uh, out there with Becky Martin and company, 48-0 to zero over the Wolverines. And then the Roosters fall to uh, the Loya Linuses. Shout out to our uh, no-joke football athlete, Ellie Mazzola in Loya Linuses. Also, week eight coming up here, really crucial. Uh, Northern Lights with the forfeit will obviously get the victory. Then it's going to be the Royals and Jaguars fighting that out, a crucial game for the Royals. All the Linuses against the Roosters one more time based on the schedule if it doesn't change. So we'll get an update from the Finland SAJL in terms of what the last weeks will look like. But currently right now, uh, as it stands right now, we've got about three weeks left in the season. Semifinals will start on August 28th and 29th, and the final will be on September 4th and the 5th. So that's uh, Division One. You get the recap, everything that's happening in Finland, right there at the hub uh, from the best network on the planet, and that is us. So go right there get everything that you need right there. Uh, Maple League also in action this past weekend. So you had uh, week four in the Maple League. McKelly Bouncers, 42-22 to, 20, to 22 versus West Coast Phoenix. West Coast has been struggling all season, 0-4 on the season. Uh, McKelly goes to 3-1, and one, keeping pace. Trojans and Leah Kozla and company there, 4-0. Oh, uh, the Trojans improve with a 21-7 to seven, uh, victory over the champs, Helsinki Wolverines. Wolverines 1-3, came off that first win uh, in week three against West Coast with the 28-8 to eight victory. We got two weeks left in the Maple League, week five and week six. So next weekend, we have Turku taking on West Coast. Should be a shoe-in victory for them, uh, given how West Coast has played. So we will see if the Phoenix can step up and maybe get an upset here. And uh, then the Wolverines look to rebound after this 21-7 defeat of Turku. Uh, Helsinki will face McKelly, which is another challenge for the champs. Champs have lost a lot of key players over, uh, from last season to this season, so more of a rookie mix veteran team. And that's kind of hindered them in terms of staying on top of the Maple League like they've had in the past couple years. Uh, week six is going to be an interesting week. Uh, finish strong. That will be the clash of clashes, a preview of the semifinals, top two teams. That will be Turku against McKelly. So that's going to be an exciting time in Finland as we come into it. We're also going to be keeping tabs on the international scenes, as we get into the NFL season, uh, the WNFC, WFA seasons have ended here. In the, then we're going to dive into the international scene, which is Gridiron Australia, diving into the U.K. with the NWFL. We'll also dive into the Czech Republic, Austria, uh, dive into Germany in the next uh, 60, uh, 60 to 120 days. So don't forget to uh, be here every Tuesday, get the lowdown. Don't forget to go to the hub. That's where everything's happening. Uh, the best network on the planet exists right there at the hub, so at facebook.com forward slash beauties. If you love women's tackle football, you know where to go, and that's where it is at facebook.com forward slash beauties. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Instagram also and on Twitter. Instagram is uh, blowing up on our Gridiron Beauties page. Really appreciate everybody going there. And then the big news before we came on here, the WNFC announces uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, he was playing college, obviously, in Vanderbilt, and who was part of the, the big Power Five, um, you know, where she participated as the kicker for the Vanderbilt team. Uh, and so she's going to be at the Fan Fest 
for the WNFC weekend. Uh, you get the details out there at the WNFCfootball.com, or you go exactly to our Facebook page at the Hub. You got, we got to pin it, all, everything pinned down right there. So all you got to do is click the link, go right there, and get all the information about the event, uh, where to get tickets, how to participate um, in terms of the panels on the uh, in terms of the panels on the eighth. Also got the excitement between the sixth and the eighth uh, championship, obviously on the seventh, and we're going to be previewing the WNFC championship, the nine cup championship. Uh, like I said, with the salty one in here about uh, an hour or so. Uh, once we get past the uh, Grace Cooper interview in about an hour, then we'll dive into the focus, which is the WNFC Nine Cup Championship. So stay with us. Don't forget, every Tuesday, really appreciate you guys, everybody subscribing to us. Uh, another announcement we made this week, if you're at the Hub, you already know about it ahead of time, uh, we have been acknowledged and uh, approved to be contributors on Women's Sports Alliance. Women's Sports Alliance is a big platform that allows us to contribute uh, the awareness of women's tackle football to the overall scope of women's sports, and they do a great job of um, you know, trying to bring the attention to major sports, college sports, anything to do with women's sports, and so we're really proud to um, hook up with them to be contributors to kind of give our expertise, bring attention to our knowledge, two cents, voice, to women's tackle football on the international scale. So if you don't follow them, go follow them right there, Women's Sports Alliance, uh, w, uh, WS Sports Alliance, also on Twitter and Instagram. So it's going to be a great, great, uh, you know, alliance and great uh, collaboration because we need it to bring attention to the sport uh, all the way around globally. We're also on um, globalwomensportsradio.com. So if you haven't gone there, it's also a great platform that focuses on the major sports as well as international competition. So you can find our podcast right there at uh, globalwomensportsradio.com. So check it out right there. All right. I think that's pretty much uh, some of the promos that we're going to do. We're going to go into uh, the Monkey Knife Fight huddle right now. We're going to be bringing in the Sun City Stealth. That would be It's going to be assistant coach Marcus Riley and uh, rookie Perla Mancata. So let's go into the huddle. Right now. Fight is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, so in the house uh, for the Monkey Night Fight uh, huddle is Sun City Stealth assistant coach Marcus Riley and rookie Perla Mancata. How are you guys doing today? Hi, how are you? You're doing well. How are I'm you great. Good, 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 good. Good, thanks for Hi, having uh, us. Coach, we're how excited. are you doing today? Man, just excited. I've been thinking about this all day. I'm ready to get on. All right. Oh, I'm happy you're here. I'm, I'm excited that you guys are uh, on the oh. podcast. I wanted to just kind of dive into this matchup that happened in, in Houston. It uh, wasn't the outcome that you guys expected, but unfortunately there's always intangibles when you're traveling, so – uh, from my understanding, was wasn't a full force going down to Houston, but it, it's a it's a nice scrimmage in the sense, right? Well, it yeah, gave us yeah, so uh, we, an opportunity to to get some more work in, so it was it was a great experience. Yeah, especially with being like a first year team, um, we got a lot of people who didn't really get a lot of playing time during the regular season to kind of see what we can work with for the next season. So we kind of you know we knew what we had going into the game. Um, we gave them, you know, the best shot that we could, you know, being prepared. And it was some a lot of our players that didn't really play a lot, 
um, but they came in and gave their effort. There was like no no quit in them. Like you know, you said the score wasn't the score doesn't dictate always you know how the game went. Um, we just a lot of good things that we've seen in there. Um, Perla, being a rookie and all that, how was your first experience playing tackle football for the you know the whole eight weeks or so? It was amazing. I got to learn a lot, actually, and um, I was able to discover that physically I am able to push myself more than I ever thought. And not being so young anymore, it actually was it was great. It was really good, actually. I think the there is a like a misconception when you play football. You think it's not going to be as physical or as demanding because unlike you know basketball, it's, it's athletic or soccer or things like that, right? But overall, once you get oh, into it, depending on your position, mm-hmm. the, depending on your position, uh, there is a commitment for you know for training in, in some senses. But it's also like since it's a team environment, you don't want to let your teams down if you're not going to be up to the par, you know, up to up to that speed. So a lot of it is um, transforming not just physically but mentally too. You get a little tougher on things. Oh, definitely. I think that it was more mental than anything because physically anybody and everybody can apply themselves, but mentally it's a different struggle for everybody. Yeah, I know. And I know for firsthand because of what, you know, what, what the coaching staff can instill in you and depending on the level of, of what your squad is at, you know, if there's a, a certain percentage of veterans versus rookies, there's also a benefit there, but there's also, not a benefit if, if everybody's a rookie. It becomes such a, a, a learning process on a positive note because everybody's learning as you go. Even though you're getting probably not wins, you are getting the experience of every uh, game day action and then the improvement of functionality within schemes and things like that. Of course. And then there's also, like, team unity. Uh, we, I'm sure every team has this up and downs, and, but we were able to overcome, and we came together. We never quit on each other. That was one thing that I have to give to my teammates, and I love all of them for this. We fought to the end every single game. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying it's like a pride thing because uh, you really have to stick it out. <laughs> Until you can get a nucleus of successful one-mind drive and stay in that game mode, uh, wins and losses aren't going to be such a detriment. That's not so much when you're, like, already dialed in and you're like, okay, well, why did we fail, right? But for the most part, okay. it's a learning process, which is great to, to have. Um, Perla, what, what background did you have before tackle football? Did you do any athletic background? or? Well, I've, I played football in seventh grade when I was in middle school, but uh, moms made it like a really big thing. So we were transferred from football to either volleyball or dance. And uh, so that was pretty much the only football I got. But I've been athletic since I was young. I've played basketball. I played baseball. I ran track. The only sport I could probably say I didn't play was soccer. But overall, mm-hmm. I've always been an athlete. So the, as soon as I saw this opportunity, I jumped on it. <laughs> like I wanted to do this so bad. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's kind of a rarity. To, you know, you think about everything else is sort of like, you know, both genders, and all of a sudden football is not. <laughs> it's just I don't know how that happens in the <laughs> United States of America, but it's literally how it happens. And so uh, we're still at that level where of acceptance, right, where everybody's excited of it, and, and we get to another level. I feel Hopefully, like we're, like, in, a, in a transition, so it's more like people are already kind of getting over it. Like, <laughs> like we're here, we're going to do this. You can't stop us. It's just 
we wanted just as much as men. No, no, there's, and I there's think that overwhelming. We have exactly to your point, there's overwhelming support. I mean, there's just it's not it's not <laughs> slowing down. It's just the way it's got to be. It's like it's not going to be in a halt mode anymore. It's it's going forward. You know what I mean? The attention's going to be there. Uh, I mean, internationally, it's 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 completely a, sort of a craving now. Everybody internationally also plays it. So it's not just the United States where, okay, it's just the U.S. and that's going to happen. No, it's globally. I mean, uh, women do want to play American football. It's just the way it is. And if you're if you love the NFL as an example, most people love the NFL, right? You want to be part of that atmosphere as well. And then why not participate? Um, Carla, how was it? Uh, how did you get to the recruitment stage? And you saw something. You said, "I, I want, I want to go try out for the team." Is that as easy as that, or was somebody recruiting you, or somebody put it in your head, or what? It was actually uh, my oldest son. I have a 13 year old son, mm-hmm. and he plays football. And he saw it on social media, and he showed it to me. So he was like, "Mom, would you would you want to try out?" And I was like, "I'm, I, I'll try out, but I don't think I'll make it." Uh, so yeah, I, he literally went with me to the tryouts, and next thing you know, I was in. <laughs> so I always tell my cool. son, honestly. And How cool is that? I have another Isn't one. That they cool? both play football, so they were my main. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah, it was, hey, it was actually, amazing. I'm telling you, it was my like, coaches. I didn't think that would. <laughs> they're and also assistant coaches. All of a sudden, yeah. And their assistant coaches, you said, uh, Coach Marcus. <laughs> Yeah, well, they actually, too, so, I mean, especially during this bowl preparation, um, her oldest, Anthony, um, he actually was out there helping us out. We were like, hey, you know what? We need a body. Bring your gear. Hey, can you teach? Like, come on. Like, you know, so it was kind of cool to where he's had, he's had experience, so we're kind of kind of teaching through him. You know, the coaches were old, man. I can't get out there and do some of that stuff. So I was like, hey, let me let me bring in a younger body. So it was kind of cool because he has the experience, and he can show them, like, firsthand. Like, you know, I can only tell so much, you know, but once you show it. So he actually helped us out a lot during the bowl preparation. Wow, Perla, that's just so awesome for them to, you know, contribute not to just your success, but to try to help out the, the team to be successful. That's really, really awesome. That's great kids. Thank you. Thank you so much. And the, it's a funny thing that we both play the same position. He's a, he's a linebacker just like just like I am. So it was really good wow. to get that way. Uh, I guess Even on my days off, we would hit the field. <laughs> You're probably a linebacker. You got to have a killer instinct. So I, I guess he gets it from you. <laughs> we, call it, we call it warrior. Warrior. We call her a warrior. Oh, a warrior. <laughs> well, that's that's so awesome. That's awesome. I mean, that's uh, that's what family's all about, right? I mean, this is just what it is. It's, it's another sport, and we have a lot of those a lot of those stories all throughout uh, the WFA and WNFC and all the other leagues as well, because that's what it is. It's it's a it's a point where you didn't you didn't think you could make it and try out, but until you go there, right? You don't know that. You won't have oh, no idea. Of course. Yeah, no. you just that's that's the one thing, just showing up. Showing up. Even if you don't yep. know the sport, even if you have no experience, if you show up, there is nothing better and nothing nothing can stop you if you just show up. Because you will learn no matter what. I think the the benefit out of it is not just the physical aspect of it, the mental aspect of it, but also, like you said, the unity part, which is everybody has to do their job in order for, you know, the, the, the team to be successful. And I think it also goes within a family structure, right? Everybody has to help out in order for the family to be stable and, and progress. So I, I really think that's just a, a focus point for everything. Uh, Coach Marcus, um, I, I, I think – 
uh, Derek said he said that you're a rookie coach. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, when on this level, I'm a rookie coach. Yes, sir. It is been right, an experience. Uh, it's been a real okay. Experience. Did you coach <laughs> football before? Did you coach like you know uh, kids football or high school football or anything yeah, else? Yeah, I coach. I, I coach um in California when I was living there. I actually coached uh, freshman football, and I also coached pop okay. there as well. Okay. So the element change is is the fact that I'm being told by a lot of coaches when they transition to women's tackle football, it's a it's it makes you more of a teacher and educator where it challenges you in a different way. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> that is that is an understatement of the year right there. That is that is a true understatement. Um, it's literally just understanding the difference. Um, coaching males and females really is the, the way they respond to your message is really different. Um, literally, you have to go A through Z with the with the I've learned with women. Like you can't miss any pieces in between. Like you have to tell them the why behind the what every single time in order for them to execute. Like okay, cool. Why did you say it that way? You're like, wait, that's what I said. Run, but you know you have to tell them, hey, run this way because that person's gonna cross that your direction so you can tackle them. Okay, that makes sense. Versus you know when I coached males before, I would just say, hey, run that way. You know, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say women might be a little bit smarter. You know, I'll say it, <laughs> but. That's what the major difference was, was, not missing that piece in between. Well, I think a, a lot of the coaches that we talk to when they transition to uh, help out the women's tackle uh, team, they really have that, uh, that uh, awakening of the fact that they gotta, now they've got to be really teachers, right? Because you're really teaching yeah. because it's basic, yeah. basic 101. Because they never had the experience from a Pop Warner aspect of it or a high school aspect because they're starting later in life. You know, you get, you're getting them at, what, yeah. 20 years old, 25, 30. And even though they've watched football, they know somewhat football or they understand, like, you know, they got relatives that played football, like Perla had kids that played football. The bottom line is it, it just didn't become a natural habitat for them. So now, you know, as women, women want to know exactly, you know, what's going to happen because nine times out of ten, as my mother told me, we, we guide the ship. And that's what they want. They want to know, okay, where are we headed? Are we going to crash somewhere? They want to know exactly how the yeah. plane is going to end up, <laughs> why it's going to end up that way. Correct. And I don't want to be part of the crashing mode, right, because they, they have that way. And so I think it's just the DNA in them wants to understand, like like you said, the A to Z, because of the fact that they're mental, they want to be mentally prepared and they, want to, they don't want to fail in that aspect. Yeah, and that's one thing I can say is that especially the girls and all the women on our team, they, their preparation, like when they when they get their deliverance of the message, is not that. It's like literally, like we say the message, we go over it. Like ninety five percent of them actually get it that first or second time. Like, okay, cool, got it. You know, like it's just it's just it, as long as you explain it right to your point. Like literally, it's, it's the teaching mode, and that's the best I think I like about being a coach is when you teach them. Most of them don't think they can do it. You know, like the first part, like she didn't think that she'll be able to play, but getting them to understand, like yes, you can. Like let me let me show you. Just try it. Trust me. Just try it. And then when they try it, they're like, oh, okay, cool, you know. Um, one of the things, too, that we've been doing is kind of transitioning to um, we have a lot of flag leagues here. Um, here. So what we do is we kind of get a girls' team together and kind of just show them the skills as well, too. So kind of coach them throughout there as well, too. So a lot of the girls play flag. They kind of work on their, you know, their speed skills and their ball skills to kind of transition. They never have the tackle thing. You know, it's kind of like those things that help them. Yeah, I really think that's the key. Uh, Perla, you're a mom. Uh, you got two kids. You you understand uh, what I call a, you know, when when the team gets into a, a a unity mode, everybody has a two cents about it, and I think that's 
a little different than on a men's club because men's clubs usually they just go by what coaching says and, and what the coaching does. And that, where on a women's team, everybody is counting on the fact that everybody's got to do their job even better than you know anything else. And I, I think it's just the the drive is a lot higher in in, our, in a lot of aspects because they want to they want to get it right and they want to be contributing to to the to the end result in a successful way, right? Most definitely, I think uh, us most of us are mothers, even if we are dog moms, cat moms. Like it's just that instinct of wanting to get everything down and not disappointing. I I don't know. I'm gonna say this, but I think it's a woman thing. Like we just want to get it right. We just want to make sure that we deliver. And I think that's why we ask so much of like detail or breakdown or okay, so I need to do this and it's gonna and it and then it's gonna help. Why? Or it's just it's just that like it's it's all in details for us to be honest. No, and it's true because all the successful teams in in the tackle leagues, the ones that are top tier teams, they all have that that you know that finished mode mentality, right? Get it right, study Definitely. it, fine tune. Get it to you know nobody's gonna beat me, and then especially when you're starting to do film and you start getting into film, uh, Coach Marcus, film, I, I think highlight reels on the film for a lot of the players in ta- in the tackle league is they're more like zoning in, you know they're more stealth but zoning in, and if it's up against an opponent or up against another player. They're 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 really driven to be successful. In other words, they don't want to they don't want to have a letdown. They want to be able to overcome, beat this person, and and be the edge. In other words, be the advantage. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, we have a we have a saying in which I say, you know, hit first. You know, that's the thing too. So then we look at the film, right? Well, did you hit first? Nope. Look at that play. You didn't hit first. So that's why you lost that battle. So that's our thing. In order to say win the battles, you got to hit first. You know, and I was thinking that Perla said earlier, it's like, we never quit, we never fight. Sometimes we got hit, we got hit, we got hit. Okay, that's enough. Now it's time to start hitting back. So, in that aspect, <laughs> we use the film to break down that aspect of it. Yeah, and I, I think that's the key right there is when you start to get to a stage where you feel like you're not putting in an, a, enough work or your technique is off, uh, a lot of times uh, there's players that get frustrated. And, and I've been told by a lot of coaches, not everybody will make it, and that's okay. But that person that isn't going to make it, they got to really look at themselves and say, the reason you didn't make it is because you didn't want to put the time or the effort, right? Yeah, Absolutely. it's a lot of dedication. We tell you, show up. A lot of dedication. Right? Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's the key right there. It's like it's not for everybody, just like anything else. If you're if you're not going to be committed, not going to be on the team, not going to be able to put in the time for film, it's 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 really a, a commitment issue. And the fact that you guys that everybody this sport is a pay to play sport, uh, I think a lot of it is a lot of pressure, right? Because you don't want to just throw away a thousand dollars and not be able to you know complete something, because then it just it's just like a waste of money. Yeah, not only money, but like physically, if you don't prepare yourself and you get hurt out there, like. You have to deal with that injury off the field. And most of us, well, all of us have jobs, careers, kids. So we have to look at the big picture. That's why when we sign up, you really have to ask yourself, like, is this for you? And will you make it all the way? Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do sometimes because you get to a stage where uh, somebody else has to come up and uplift you, right? 
kind of cheer you on or say, hey, this is what you could do better or, the, or try on it. But once you get into a, a nice, successful situation where the team is doing okay and maybe they're not winning every game, but you're competitive in every matchup, I think it breaks down all that and puts it in more of a positive light. Um, Coach Marcus, what did you think of your season uh, at this point? Did you think it was successful or what are some of the things that you guys are working towards 2022? Um, one of the things I say is successful is because of we didn't have too many quits. You know, we didn't have we we carried forty to games. You know, and that was some of the things where a lot of teams, you know, the numbers fall off. But that's one thing we too is we had a few, you know, a few people, you know, leave. But like normally with first year teams, like I've seen like just the drops in the numbers. That's the one thing. Um, what's returning? We have a lot of people that are returning. That's what I'm excited for mostly. Um, also too to have like a real full off season. You know, COVID kind of touched that touched and tapped into our little off-season a little bit, kind of moved things around. You know, we were kind of here in our city here, you know, working on fields and just those things like that. I'm just ready to get that structure and just everything is set, locked into place for the ladies because we know that that kind of hurt us a little bit, just like not being able to fully be focused on certain things just because of, like, the you know, the changes that happen. But I'm excited for our off-season workout. Um, we got some workouts already getting set it. Some of the girls are already back at it. We say, hey, take a week off. They're like, nope, they're already back in the gym. So that's what I'm excited to where now, last season, last season we only had maybe a handful of girls that were in the gym every day really pushing themselves. So, like, now everyone's like, hey, this is the game. If we're going to win, if we're going to be good, like, we know the work we have to put in. So now they see and understand it. So that was a good part of the coach. That it was a self-realization for them. Like, we didn't have to tell them, hey, you guys got to get better. They literally came to us like, hey, these are things that we need for us to get better. So that's the thing I'm excited mostly about. All right. Uh, Perla, uh, how do you juggle all this, super mom? <laughs> uh, scheduling. Number one rule for mom, scheduling. Make sure this is why it goes back to details. As long as I know time and place, I can put it in my calendar and make it work. That's also awesome. Um, I mean, it's just it's so cool that you have your kids also kind of helping you out and involved with it, which is kind of nice and uh, kind of a, a cool thing to – Everybody in the everybody in the family playing football too, right? They love it. Yes, uh, since I've had my both of my sons play football since they were five, uh, so they love to be involved with the stuff. Like my son, my older son goes, "Mom, just put a wig on me. I just want to go out there and hit with you guys." <laughs> but uh, he helps us a lot. He's he's really involved, and I'm sure if I would have had daughters, they would have been all for it too. So it's just a great experience. Oh yeah. Self has been like a life changer for me personally. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy that your kids are involved with it. And I'm, I'm totally, uh, you know, excited that you guys are going to be, you know, competitive in the next season as well. So um, 2022 will be here anytime soon. Basically, it's just around the corner as well. It's like a couple months always flies by pretty fast. Uh, Coach Marcus, uh, any anything for our fans to dive into the Sun City Stealth? Sun City Stealth, on, uh, I believe you guys are on IG, Facebook, everywhere, right? Yes, we are on there as well, too. So stay tuned to our Facebook. We do post a lot of things to what we're going to do, um, just getting out in the community, um, you know, just trying to make sure, too. That was kind of one of the main things why we took on that bowl game. You know, our owner, Derek, was like, you know what, this is a charity event, you know, we know, as a coach, I'm like a lot of you. I was a little concerned at first. Like, hey, we're not gonna have the numbers, you know. I'll be honest with you, as a coach, you're like, wait, whoa, 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 game. But when it came down as a hands for charity, you're like, hey, you know what? All right, let's go ahead and get it in too. So that's the thing that we're gonna do is continue to try to tap into our community. So uh, continue to look for our Facebook posts um, and also to on our Instagram page. We'll be doing that. 
All right. So, uh, Perla, uh, Coach Marcus, thank you for coming in. Really, really appreciate it. Looking forward to your new season in the WFA in 2022. And uh, just uh, an amazing uh, work that you guys have done so far. So, uh, thanks again for coming on. Appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Till next time. Have a great night, okay? You too. Thank you. All right, guys, that was uh, Coach Marcus Riley and uh, Perla Mancana of the uh, Sun City Stealth, and they're getting ready for 2022. What an, ex- what an awesome thing. Uh, Perla's uh, kids played football. Now she's playing football kind of all in the family type deal. They're able to help her out as well to kind of get better at her own skill level as well and just to root her on and things like that. So that's awesome to hear. So uh, shout out to the uh, Sun City Stealth uh, for a – successful year this year and getting ready for a WFA season for 2022. Uh, we're going to go into the Monkey Night 5 huddle uh, in the second huddle here. We're going to be talking to the talented Angelita Furman of the Derby City Dynamite. Don't forget to go to Monkey Night Fight, use code NJF, get your $5 free play up to $100 match. So here we go and we'll be in the second here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes. Featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, in the house, we got the number 42, the beast, Angelita Furman of the Derby City Dynamite. Angelita, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing, lady? Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you loud and clear. All right. How was this whole uh, how was this whole journey, Angelita, to this whole season in, in Derby City? Pretty exciting, right? Yes, definitely very exciting. Um, I played for the Columbus Vanguards uh, in 2019. Of course, we didn't get to play 2020. We were supposed to play against Derby City Dynamite the first game in 2020, but of course, COVID-19 hit. So I decided before I joined the uh, Columbus Vanguard, I wanted to join DCD because I used to go against them as the Indy Crash because I've been playing for the WFA about 15 years now. So um, it all started with me just talking to Steve Thelma Banks and uh, I asked her, like, hey, can I come play with y'all? I was like, I'm not going to come play. I need the number 42. And I was like, she was like, well, old, the old girl doesn't play anymore, so you can have the number. I was like, cool. So and it, it all started from there. And I was like, I want to come and get a championship. I'm going to come and play with y'all. Angelita, you, you're a journey woman in this league, and so for you to get this opportunity, switching out and having to sacrifice the travel and go to play with a different team, I mean, uh, I guess the right move for you, but at the same time, what an exciting ride uh, this year for Derby. Yes, it was. It was, uh, I have, I don't, because I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm not from Kentucky, but I play with them, and them mm-hmm. are, they're a good group of girls. Um, I appreciate them even accepting me as a teammate because I used to go at it with them as far as, you know, football-wise on the field and stuff. So I just, I really appreciate them. They they, they, they inspire me a lot. Angelita, uh, the scoreboard says zero. You are now a WFA champion. And on top of that, Selma Banks, gets to be a championship owner and also a player, all the sacrifices she's put in. So 
I mean, how how rewarding is that, huh? Yes, hands 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 up to to Thelma. She's an awesome lady. Um, she does do a lot for us behind the scenes as well. So, you know, big ups to to, to Thelma. Thank you, Thelma Banks. Um, she's also a great player as well. You know, I don't know if she's playing next year or not, but I think she is because we are coming back. We're supposed to. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't even know. I, I don't. I'm not sure if we're getting bumped up to D2 yet or not. I haven't got the like actual word or said on it that I've, I've heard, but I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's go to Canton now. Let's get your focus on. Uh, you get told you guys are going to the ship. What was your reaction when you get the? We're going to the ship. I was like a kid in the candy store, man. Like, oh, everything. Like, I seen what I seen the Hall of Fame. We got on the field. When first, we first got to the, we got what excited us was the bus ticket us up in the hotel, okay? We all been driving separately to our games. And, you know, we haven't got, actually got the team bonding with me, but we do have, like, you know, little get-togethers and consistent where y'all join that. And they do have, uh, for the out of a lot of us are from out of town. They do have mandatory practices as well that we have to be in. So, um, just stepping on that field with them group of girls and, going down into a stadium and you got your gear on and, you know, you hyped up and you're thinking in your head like, man, I'm really going to play in a championship. I can't believe it. Like watching football in the NFL, you know, the the lingerie football and stuff and watching them people and them girls, those girls and men going to championships is exciting. So me actually doing it myself in real life, it's, it's, I don't know, it's mind-blowing. Now, Jolita, you get to Canton. Uh, you're part of this first this is a first. This is not like, okay, just another championship for the WFA. You are part of history, basically, being made at the Hall of Fame, and you're, you're, one of, you know, you're a player on a team that is basically going to make history. So uh, that's pretty cool, don't you think? That's like telling your grandkids, telling your, your parents, your friends. It, it's, a, it's a huge moment in terms of the scope of, of you know, tackle football history. Yeah, I couldn't wait to get home and tell my son. Cause he plays football as well, and he also wears the number 42. He uh, plays a running. He's a fullback as well. He's a running back. He's a tailback. Sometimes, well, he does fullback too. He does both. Um, he's 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 even better than me. So you know, I just tell him go out there and be great and be better than your mom. He's like, mom, you are a beast. I'm like, I know, man. I was like, he's like, you getting old? I was like, no, nah, don't let him get old for clothes. That's so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> we just talked to Perla, and her two kids also kind of persuaded her to go on to the. And play football. So, um, what what did you think of the whole event, Angelita? You get you guys win the championship. You get get to see the two other title games. But what did you think of the whole event? Did you take it in afterwards? Say one more time. Did I take one in afterwards? I said, did you take in the uh, the atmosphere after your game? You know, watching uh, the other two matchups, yes, the other two title games. Yeah, it was cool watching the girls. It's like I know D three is more of a little bracket Canton 
just the allure of Canton, I think, really puts it over the top in general. But um, to know that you won the MVP award at the championship game, were you aware of that, or was that a, a surprise for you? It was. It, I don't know if y'all saw the video, but they were all grabbing me like Pepper. I'm like, what? I heard them say, I heard them say my name in 42, but it was like a like a blur. Like I didn't pay attention to it. Thought they were just calling out our names or something. And they was like, you got MVP. I was like, why are y'all grabbing on me? They was like, you got MVP. I just looked. I was like, what? I was. I, I don't know. What to, I just. I just cried tears. That's all I can do. I was already crying because we won a championship. So it's been a long ride. I was excited. And Yolita, what a, what a, a moment for you. A journeywoman changed teams. You had to make sacrifices to be on this team, and ultimately, you get the honor of being a top dog. Of, of the championship game, which is deserving. You played an awesome game. I mean, uh, what what did you think of the other team? Pretty competitive first couple quarters there, and you guys were right there, and then sort of you guys ran away with it. But for the most part, the first two quarters, it's pretty pretty competitive, evenly matched. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I was like, oh, man, I was, I, was getting, I, I was nervous, but I, I was nervous, but I was, like, trying to focus at the same time. So it kind of bothered me at the same time. So I was like, and it's hot as well. I have asthma, so – I try to fight through that as well. So I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. So I'm like, oh, they like, Pep, you got to go run the ball. Cause then uh, Eva, my quarterback, she had, you know, went down. You know, she had fell out and stuff. And Nicole Lockett, she had to come up and play quarterback. A lot of us had to, you know, come and step up. And what they did know is that we would we, they, they they told us at the after party that we asked them what their game plan was. And they told us that they said, stop number 20. I was like, well, that's all y'all got. That's all he told us. I was like, wow. I was like, well, there was a number 42. There was a number four. There was a number 56. You know, I can, I can go on and on. We had more than just one weapon, you know, and we all stepped up like we supposed to. And we were super, so we were supposed to be our sister's keeper, and that's what we did in the game. Yeah, it was a really awesome game you had. Um, it was really impressive. Um, you, you saw the if you saw the game. Have you re, have you replayed the game? At, have you guys rewatched the, your your game already? Oh, I've watched it like I've watched it three times. Wow. I, I even had to win myself. I was like, I, at the after party, I was like, why me? Why, 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 why me for the MVP? She's like, because you found every hole open, and, you, and every time you, all, you, you touched the ball at least, once, at least once or twice, you didn't score the first down, but every time you touched the ball, you scored the first I mean, you, uh, you got a first down. First down. Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was an awesome game. Uh, I mean, Arizona played a really, really competitive matchup there. I mean, to, to, yeah, to lose by 10. Yeah, I talked to number 55 and number 16, who she went down after so long. And I talked to them before, like, doing the meet and greet and stuff. And, you know, I told them, I was like, hey, we, we just because they, I said, they told us y'all had 16 players. I was like, but we didn't look at it as y'all, y'all were lower numbers because I've seen teams that unbeat people. You know, y'all gotten this far with 16. We, we At this point, we, we got to come up with something because they obviously, they're good enough to be in the championship with 16 players. They're good enough to win the championship with 16 players. So that's how we looked at that. And, and- Angelita, you know D3 is Iron Woman football. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> if you're in D3, it's, you're playing Iron Woman football. And so, if, you know, shout out to everybody that's on a roster in D3 because that's really what it is. It's two-way football, and it's a long season for eight yep. weeks to play both sides. Yep. Yeah, it sure is. Um, I play both sides, too. And like I said, when we have asthma, I play so many years playing like that. I, I, my body's like me and used to it. And then I know it's yeah, hard for them as well playing, so I, I get big ups to them as well because they, they, they toughed it out all the way to the end, and they did not give up. 
Yeah, no, I'm proud of them too. It's like a, you know, it's just it's like I said, it's admirable on both on both teams to make it to that final. And you know for a fact that at some point, both teams are going to be completely devastated by the time they get to the championship. You know, in terms of numbers, it's usually the case normally every season. Um, I mean, we have to look back to what Arkansas, the Arkansas Wildcats, literally going from one 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 coast to the other coast and come back. And I think they only had like 22 players, if, if at that, also. So. So anybody that plays in D3, you got mad respect for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely do. And I feel like if, if you come and play in these numbers, I got mad respect for if you come and play when you only got this many numbers. That's hard right there. You're yeah. a football player, period. All right. Let's tell, tell the fans a little bit about your history because that's why I wanted to bring you on to kind of give you the accolade for the MVP. But you've been a journey woman. You've seen the transformation of the sport. Um do you think we're at a better place than when you started? Almost definitely is. Like, even, even on down to the uniforms. Like, our uniforms just look like, you know how it looks like back in the days when the NFL players' jersey were, you know, different. The jerseys were even different. The helmets are different. The, the scenery is different. Like, we're on TV now. Like, people are starting to, you know, podcast. We didn't have the podcast and stuff and all that stuff. We had internet then. We talked through internet. Um, it's a lot of different things that, ooh. It's a lot of different things I've seen, and I've played for 16 since I was 19 years old, and so it's it's been a, a real long journey. And I just want to tell my tell everybody like, if you're a woman, you want to play football, do it. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it because you can. And it's not like you're going up against another man; it's a whole other woman. So like, which woman is the stronger woman? Now, uh, Angelita, you've seen the transformation uh, IWFL to WFA to WNFC. Uh, you know, you've seen teams come and go in the WFA back and forth. Um, I mean, you, you've kind of you've kind of are part of the history in terms of witnessing the progression of how this league has grown from like 2009 to currently now. And I, I think it's just a I think we're just it's just sky's the limit, right? I think we're just going towards the next the next trajectory. Yes, I feel like one day we're going to be like maybe I'll probably be old, you know old by then, but I feel like it's like two girls. Like when I met the women's girls, like the lady called the Toledo The Toledo Troops, I met the lady. I think she was like the oldest player that played since women's football started or whatever. I think she was like 80 years old. I took pictures of Um, And I was just like, wow. I was like, now I was just sitting there thinking like, what is now? When, when, I'm like, wonder when I can become her age, what is it going to be like? Like, this is probably going to be like a little live broadcast, like not live broadcast, but like it's going to be like on actual like an actual channel like the NFL, like CBS or NBC or sure. something like that, you know. So I just sit back and think like that. I'm like, dang, man, when I get here, I was like, there's kids out here that's going to be like this, but it's going to be even better for them. They might even get paid, you know. Yeah, it's it's a long road that we still have to go to, but, uh, I mean, Toledo Troopers is a per- perfect example of, you know, where, we're, where we were to where we are now. And I think that, you know, they see that as well. As Like you said, you'll probably end up seeing that in the future at some point. But the bottom line is uh, we're basically at a better place than we ever were before. And to be accepted into the, uh, into the uh, Hall of Fame with the uh, NFL type of uh, umbrella, um, you know, to begin with, and the commitment of five years there, that's so awesome to, to, to have. Um, I, I don't know. Did you, would you, do you play at any other championship? Because I did, I took some notes, but I my notes could be off. Did you play in any other championships besides the one now this this year? 
part of anything else be, besides that? It's my first championship ever playing in. It's my first championship ever winning. I've, I've gotten close to when once I when I used to play for Indy Crash, we got close to playing with the uh, played against the Boston. Of course, everybody know how they are. They were called Boston Militia then. I mean. And they 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 beat us thirty four eighteen. We was we was close, but we, we didn't we didn't have it all. So that was the last round of making a championship. But we, uh, that was a, and then I got it again. I got close again before playing with the Columbus Vanguard. We played Orlando in twenty nineteen, and we got the second round of playoffs, and they beat us fifty five to eight. So yeah, that that was it was a different. It was it was definitely exciting this time being actually saying that we we going to the championship. Yeah, I'm, I'm real happy for you because uh, you deserve it. Um, this is a great moment also in the history of the league, but ultimately for the team, too. It's kind of like a historic first. Um, it's for you to be a part of Derby uh, and what, you know, it, the only it's the only team in the state, women's tackle football in the state. And that's also, I mean, that was a kind of cool, uh, it was kind of a cool matchup in terms of a media aspect, right? You got two teams from two different states that are, that were, were wanting to make, you know, bragging rights for the state trying to win the championship and I think uh I think Derby winning it is going to really help the recruitment around Louisville and obviously around the state and hopefully that's going to increase the numbers to D2. Yes man yes it's already in the making man I've I've been told some things already it's gonna be a wonderful season next year and I'm waiting I can't wait for 2022 to come. All right so uh I don't want to take you away from your battle moment but uh, if you if you are deciding to retire anytime soon, no, because I know Thelma said maybe uh, unless her knees give out, that kind of deal. I don't know if you're in that same mode. No, I'm not in that same mode. I am playing until my body tells me no. I still, my coach told me, my coach Roy told me, he told me, he said if you, I said I still got, I got, I got butterflies, man. One day it was, it, I think we were playing the Misfits right before. Uh, First round of playoffs, we played Misfits, and he was like, uh, "I was like, man, I still got butterflies." He was like, "You don't get." He said, "Well, that's a good thing. You still got butterflies. You you still got heart for the game." He said, "Once those go away, you need to start all this fancy stuff and walk off the field." Exactly what he told me. Uh, Angelia, take us through the family atmosphere. Take us through the the family atmosphere when uh, they saw you win it. What happened around the family? Did you get the messages, bombardment, or were they there oh, yes. at the stadium I, for you? I, my, family, my, my family was having a family reunion on that Saturday, which was all-star game. Um, and I told them I wasn't going to be able to make it because I played in that game as well, which started at the time that we were having our event at, at home, which is about four hours away. And I told them that we was winning championship. And it's all my family, all my cousins, and he done dropped the plate and dropped his juice on himself. They all got excited. They was back at home cheering for me because they knew I was. I, this is what I've been doing for a long time, and you know I finally made it. I got, I'm here. I'm a champion. It feels it feels awesome. Are you are you framing that that jersey? Are you gonna buckle it in a frame that 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 jersey or not? Or are you gonna working with it? My, my most definitely. I'm sure we're probably gonna get new uniforms as usual. So I probably definitely will frame that along with my other trophies I have. Yeah, it was a it was an awesome moment. Um, uh, we witnessed you completely take over the game, and I think that that was why it was deserving uh, of your accolade as MVP. I mean, you, 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 if you watch the game over and over, you watch it three times. I think your performance was purely on point and, and really beneficial, obviously, to help 
uh, the Dynamite win the championship. So uh, that's the reason I, I wanted to bring you back because uh, last week we, we had bad phone connection, but it's like, hey, I got to bring her back because she deserves this uh, spotlight. And uh, we want to be able to bring people on here that are deserving of a great performance. And you you're, you're obviously were lights out and helping Derby win their first championship. Yes, ma'am. I just knew I was hungry and I wanted it so bad. And I told myself, I said, I got to go home with a ring in this championship. Not just for me, but for my team. This is for us. Yeah, I was, We all did this together. Was, was without them, I, I couldn't have found those open holes without them lining. Amen to them, right? Did you guys drink up afterwards or not? Did they, did they drink you up at the at the after party? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. So we the locker room. We shot socks and bones. We couldn't stop holding the trophy number 56. She wouldn't let nobody touch it. <laughs> Every picture we took, her arms in the picture and holding on to the trophy. She would not let it go. Oh, my God. Uh, it's a happy state, right? That's what it's all about, happy state. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, anything else you want to tell the fans in Derby City? Apparently, you, you just told us you're coming back, so I guess they already know that. Anything else you need to tell them? Derby City, let's go get another ring for 2022, y'all. All gas, no breaks. Man, uh, Angelita, what did you think of the Nevada Storm game? Was it? Did you watch it? That was pretty pretty awesome game too. Nevada Storm against. Yeah, that was an awesome game. Jasmine Thomas, she used to be number eighteen. She's pretty. She's decent. I don't remember her name though. I saw a couple of them at the after party as well, but uh, I only watched this little bit of that game because we were trying trying to link up afterwards. So. I watched, like, the first two quarters, maybe third, some of the third, and then we left. But it was a good game as well. When we found out and we looked up at the screen where we were at uh, 33s, we seen that they won a championship, and we were happy for them. Now, Boston, you saw the big the big kahuna, the, you know, the Renegades. You've seen the Renegades before in their militia days as well. Um, this is, this is a, a great opportunity for the WFA as a brand, right? And for Boston to stand out there and Patriots to fly them to Canton. Uh, oh man, my yes. I said, uh, my, my, my friend Olivia Thompson plays for them, number sixty-four. And I was talking to her while we were sitting because me and her used to play on the Indy Crash together. Um, and I told her, I said, man, I said I'm jealous of y'all. Y'all get to get off the damn Patriots plane. <laughs> y'all get to, uh, you know, what I'm saying they shut the Hall of Fame down for y'all. Shoot, I'm trying to be like y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they deserve it. I mean, they've been so so good for yeah. so long. They have been so good for so long. It's just, uh, it's 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 great for the sport. You know what right? I call them? That's the, that's the girl it's... Patriots. Definitely the girl Patriots. The team oh yeah, for sure. Is like they really your army man. And you got? Did you get to see oh, that whole so game, or were you in the stands for that game, or not? I definitely was. I was. They rooted us on. I had to root them on. Yeah, it was a really awesome game. I mean, that was a pretty competitive game, too, but back and forth, Minnesota. Um, yeah, I had, and then to, you had I had to warn them about Grace Cooper, though. I played against her as well when I played against the Columbus Vanguards. And man, that girl's hard to chase down. Yeah, she's got wheels. <laughs> Tell people she's got yeah, she wheels. Does. I told him, I said, hey, y'all, y'all got to stop number 42. Grace Cooper, she's no joke. Yeah, no joke. All okay, right. She's gone. Yeah, Angelita, what? What else can you tell Derby fans uh, before I let you go? Is that it? Just uh, watch out for a repeat performance in 2022? Watch out for, yeah, most definitely watch out for a repeat performance in 2022. 
Derby CDs, we coming back. We be back. So we see y'all. Thanks for supporting us all. We'll see y'all in 2022. All right. Uh, Angelia, thank you for making the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, rescheduling. I really do appreciate that. And then uh, an awesome job in, in Canton, a D3 champion. And I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, congratulations once again on your team and yourself, the, the amazing performance in Canton. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me come on here to broadcast and, you know, speak about my journey with the championship and all that. Appreciate everything you know, the WFA has done for me. So see you all next time. All right. Have a great night. Safe travels, okay? You too. Thank you. All right, guys. Angelita Furman of the Derby City Dynamite uh, D3 MVP in the house. Uh, we trying to get her uh, back on today because uh, last week we, we had some phone issues that we couldn't get her on there. Uh, she was traveling, so it didn't work out. But uh, what an amazing journey for her uh, moving on from Columbus over to Derby. And one shift over in one season, she gets to be a WFA champion. And so uh, what an impressive career, 15 years in the sport, uh, and she gets her championship finally. Um, so there's a lot of stories like that in the WFA, a lot of uh, ultimate players and ballers out there that have never got the opportunity to play in a semifinal championship game or even play uh, on a national stage. And she was able to punch it in in one season, go from a, a transition to a team that obviously was hungry to win the championship. So let's see if we got the uh, Mackenzie Brooks in the house here. Let's see if that's her. Mac, are you on? What's up, Oscar? Mac. What the hell are you doing crushing heads out there? I didn't get your video. Somebody sent it to me, and I'm like, what is this? Is this, is this her, really, MMA? What the hell? Just say this. First of all, it feels freaking amazing to be back on the podcast after being gone for season and then getting sick and then fight camp for this fight that I just had. Oh, man, it feels good to be back on the podcast. Gridiron Blitz, what's cracking? Your girl's back. Broke my finger on my opponent's face on Friday night. That was fun. Uh, Mac, uh, my other half said, isn't that your co-host? Is that the one, the the girl you you tell me, the Mac? And I'm like, yeah, that's Mac. And I was like, she goes, what? what? I thought she played football. That was her answer. I thought she played football. I said, I guess not. I do a lot of stuff, Oscar. Football and MMA happen to be two things that I do. Man, Mackenzie, I don't know about you, woman, but I saw that whole almost three minutes and the first late punch into her, and I I, I was watching that. I'm like, okay, she's done. And then you throw the body blow <laughs> on her. What is up with that? And it was over. Well, so – the plan, the plan was really to just like try to stand up with her because she's I'm five foot nine, five foot ten. She's six two, six three. So she had a little bit of reach on me, and she was also smaller. So when we put the fight together, it was supposed to be just a heavyweight matchup. Um, so heavyweight in MMA is uh, two oh five to two sixty five. Um, if it's not a title fight, you get like a pound. Um, you can be a pound over and still be within the weight limit. So I was training for a 266 weight cut. You know, it would, would have been about 
14 pounds total within six weeks, which is totally, you know, totally doable without getting sick. So then two weeks before, um, two weeks before the fight, my coach calls me and was like, Hey, uh, we got, you know, there's a little bit of a problem. You know, they don't like how big you are. So they're either, they either want you to drop to 240 or they're going to pull out. I said, well, I can't make 240 without getting sick. Long story short, we agreed on 250. I went in right at 251. Um, my coach was like, hey, you know, we'll just try to stand up with her. And the thing was, she pulled my hair, and that set me off. The first time she pulled my hair was, it was an accident. Like, she literally tried to throw a punch and ended up with a handful of hair. I know I got a lot of hair. I wasn't mad. The second time she didn't, I just, I couldn't do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to throw this leg kick at her throw another punch and take it to the ground. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and the profile picture that I have now is actually the picture that I broke my finger on her chin. That is the punch that I broke my finger. So really you won the match because she pulled your hair and you just got pissed off. Is that the analogy of the whole match? Uh, not, not quite. I mean, I, I already knew my skill set and I knew that she had some, like had her own skill set and I wasn't going to take that for granted. But after the conversation that I've had that I had her, and actually her former, one of her old opponents added me on Facebook and messaged me and her and I were just talking and getting to know each other, whatever. And she was telling me some things. I related back to my coach. He told me some things and we kind of just came up with a game plan from there. As you see, I pressured her and she does not like pressure. So then once I laid off the pressure and threw some punches, I, you know, went for the double leg takedown. And it was history. Now I'm viral again, and I kind of like it. I ain't even gonna lie, Oscar. I ain't gonna lie. Oh no, you're 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 definitely hot. <laughs> There's no question there. <laughs> you're definitely hot. You're hotter than the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, let's just go with that. Way hotter than. Whoa, the Dallas whoa, Cowboys. whoa, whoa! Leave my team alone, Oscar. I've been out here for two months. You attack my team. Hey, right, your your Dallas right. Cowboys. Your Dallas Cowboys gave a shout out to your league. And to the champs, so that's that's a cool thing on Twitter. So, so you know, they, the I, heard, I saw that. Out. I said, oh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, okay, my team out here representing. I love it. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It was good. Okay, so uh, Mac, just hold on a second, because from one badass, we're gonna go to another badass, and let's go into the Monkey Knife Fight Huddle. Okay, hold on. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes. Featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, from one badass to the next badass, which is D1 MVP, Grace Cooper in the house, Minnesota Vixen. Grace Cooper, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, Grace, you just, uh, I don't know if you were listening, but apparently Mac is a badass and she's going viral for being an MMA fighter. And so we're just hyping her up right now because she's a little salty. I heard a little bit right at the end and it sounds like there's quite the hype surrounding her. No, yeah, she's, it's uh, really not. She's I just good. like to hurt people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do love me some Grace Cooper, mm-hmm. man. Play, girl, playing against you is so hard. I'm like, damn, she's so good. I'm like, I'm not tasting her. I cannot do it. Can't do it. Mm-mm. Oh, damn, nope. I appreciate that. Of course, girl. You worked your, you know, you and the Minnesota Vixen, as long as I've been playing, I've been able to see the Minnesota Vixen just 
grow and grow and grow. I remember when I started playing 10, well, gosh, not 12 years ago, you know, the Vixen were not a very good team. They just kept building and kept building. Now y'all out here dominating. I'm like, see, that's what I love. This is why I love this sport that we play because you never know who's going to come out of the woodworks and just be dominant for a while. And that's what the Minnesota Vixen and your team has done. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of the growing years. Like, can definitely say coming in at the beginning where it felt like we were struggling and then now being part of the team where it feels like we're, like, on the cusp of all of this greatness. Like, it's been a lot of fun to feel that growth. So it's cool that you noticed that, too. Oh, yeah, man. I When I played for the Iowa Crush, uh, we, the man, the Crush and the Vixen were, like, like really good frenemies. Like, we would hate each other on the field, and afterwards it was just, you know, camaraderie and everything, and being able to watch, you know, those two systems grow, and then seeing the Minnesota Vixen just freaking take over. Just, I'm just like, I'm a like, I'm a fan of the Vixen. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, me as a player, I am a fan of the Minnesota Vixen, and have been. Oh, I appreciate that so much. That's fun. It's so fun having like, like you said, frenemy teams where you can go get on the field and go hard against each other. And then, like, you know, you're all friends on Facebook and you talk the whole year and you're like, hey, I'll see you on Saturday when we try to destroy each other and then I'll buy you beers afterward. That's, like, the fun exactly, thing about our sport it. where we're all, like, watching and we're all cheering up for each other from afar and we're still, like, competing and making each other better. But still that support is such a cool thing of what we get to do. Yeah, and, and, and for us, you know, being, you know, women in, in what they like to call a male-dominated sport, which isn't even a thing anymore, to be honest, but for us, you know, being kind of those younger pioneers in the sport now and being able to see, you know, be on different teams and be in different leagues and see how, you know, each system of football is different but still, you know, is here for the, you know, the awareness and, you know, the the overall growth of women's football. And that's exactly what the Minnesota Vixen has, has modeled the past at least eight years that I have known you guys to be just straight dominant. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're all here. We're just trying to like, we're just trying to help the sport grow so we can see each other succeed. Exactly. Just like you said. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think Oscar can attest to this too, you know, you know, with, you know, platforms, you know, social media, podcasts, YouTube, you know, Xbox, you know, anything that you can get internet on and get news on has also helped. That's why I'm so glad that I'm a part of this podcast and like other players make time um, you know, other players and athletes make time to come on here and, you know, help do what we all love to do, which is, you know, grow the sport. So I appreciate you coming on here. So I'm going to hand it over to Oscar and let him pick your brain some more. All right. Good talking to you, Meg. You too. All right. Uh, Grace, uh, what a performance uh, on the D1 championship. We all saw it. Everybody witnessed it. Uh, what, what a battle against Boston. Let's start there. That was a pretty good battle against Boston. Yeah, you know, we knew going in that it was going to be um, our hardest game of the year. But at the same time, looking at film and looking at uh, just some of the other games that we played, like there was nothing about Boston that made them an unbeatable team. So we knew what we had to do to win. And, like, we knew that everything had to go a certain way. And obviously it didn't go that certain way for us. But, yeah, it was a really great game. And it was the kind of game that we – as a team want to have more of in the future because I'm sure like we've all heard the phrase iron sharpens iron and we're not going to be a better team if we're not able to practice against better teams. 
So it was a really great game, and it was a really good test for all of us to kind of see what's going to be necessary for us to be the champions next year. Now, a focus point there uh, for them was basically limiting you, uh, which was one of the things that happened in the first half. But then after the, uh, in the second half, you guys kind of shifted out and, um, you know, you, you became a little bit more of the offensive threat and uh, they were not able to contain you as, as much. So, uh, I mean, a, a, a credit to you and a credit to the offensive line, too, for allowing you some, op- some holes and the edges there to, for you to get those extra yardage, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, credit to the offensive line. And we also have some of the best blocking tight ends and wide receivers in the league. Like I know Janessa White, our tight end, she's out there on every single play, clearing people out of the way, blocking. And she's also a smart blocker. So she's able to take defenders' momentum and block them where they need to go. And then as a running back, you're coached to follow friendly butts. So you see your teammate uh, blocking someone a certain way and you just, follow their butt and you cut behind them and like you said our o-line was out there making holes and in the first half i wasn't uh following them and choosing the best angles so then talking to my coach and we made some adjustments and then those holes were there and we were able to capitalize on those all right so uh grace let's dive into what makes you superhuman because a lot of that's the word i've been used or, or been come across so what are you eating I mean, what do you? What's your regimen? <laughs> because obviously, see, that's, that's a that's funny a question. Because durable, you know. Yeah, that's a really funny question because uh, I eat a lot of pizza. <laughs> I'm gonna be what? honest. Um, at some point, yeah, at Man, some point in the season, right around. Uh, yep, I eat a lot of pizza. I, I mean, it's it's carbs, it's protein, it's everything you need. Right around April or that's so, so I just like. <laughs> Yep, pizza and sprinkle in some McDonald's here and there. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the food is better than no food, and whatever comes in I can turn into something. But, yeah, just like balancing all the mental and the physical work of uh, being like as committed to uh, uh, playing at the level that I was, it just got to be a lot, and it got to the point where I – like it was too overwhelming to also be trying to meal prep for every single day of the week. And so I was like, I can't do it all. So then I just went to easy food. Um, A lot of it is more in like the working out, making sure that you're maintaining all of the little things, the little muscles, the things that get hurt, paying attention to your body. Uh, The first couple of years that I played, I actually was playing on a torn ACL uh, and I didn't realize it. So I got really good at listening to, uh, my body telling me that it was hurting and figuring out what to do to help it. So then I had knee surgery in the fall of 2018 uh, and then came back and played in the 2019 season. And again, through that whole process, you just get really good at listening to what your body needs. And so then like (laughs) with eating what felt right, which like I said, was a lot of pizza. And then with the right combination of working out and resting when you need it, uh, that's what worked for me. All right. Well, I mean, that's what it is. So it's not the Tom Brady diet for Grace Cooper. It's pizza. <laughs> so there, how, how did we know uh, that? Yep, yeah, <laughs> I'd say it's more of a, yep, yeah, more of a Chris Pratt diet, probably. There you go. So it's good. Uh, everybody knows the, your secret now. So it's all, it's exposed now. <laughs> so everybody knows how to take <laughs> take care of tackle you down. Yep. Oh my God. 
what what did you take away from the whole game as a team? Do you really think you grew as a team? Like you said, the the better competition made you guys better, even though the end result wasn't in your favor. But do you think that that's the that's what you take away from the the championship? Oh yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, like playing a better team is going to make us better, and coming away from that and knowing, um there are definitely things that we can do better because especially when you go through a season and you win all of your games, uh, it's easy to get to a point where you're like, all right, like this is here. We're good. Like we don't need to do anything more. We're fine. And then you play against a really good team and you go into a tough game and you come out of it realizing that there are things that you can do better. And everybody needs games and moments like that to kind of be hit with those things that like, Oh, there are things that I can do better. And so now going into the off season, we all have these goals. Um, like you can look back on a game like that and think, I can be stronger. I can be faster. I can read an offense better. I can read a defense better. So it definitely was a really good learning progression for our team. And also I think it just brought us closer as a team because now we all, like we went through that fight together. And, I mean, that's something that we'd been doing all year because all year we knew that, there were people in the league, uh, people on this podcast included, that thought that we were going to lose to teams. The first time we played Arlington, uh, our coach comes up and he's like, yep, people think we're going to lose to Arlington by 35 points. And uh, so, like, we knew that, that going into this game. One of our, one of our yep, co-hosts that. did say that. I don't think it was me, but I want to say maybe it was <laughs> me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll go. We'll go back and check. We'll find out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we knew that there, sure. like, <laughs> yeah, we knew that there were people who doubted that we could be successful. And so going into this game, I think it proved a lot for ourselves. It proved a lot to the league. Like Max said, like the Minnesota Vixen are growing. Like the Minnesota Vixen are here. We're here. We're going to be a competitive team. And from playing in that game, we learned the things that we need to do in order to come back and be champions. Yeah, and I think it's a key to you guys like it's, uh, as a unit. Um, I, I know Coach called me out on Twitter, which is cool to do because I, I think that was warranted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, he obviously felt otherwise against Arlington. And he knew what he had in the bag and the tools he had. Uh, so it was a really good matchup there. Um, Grace, what did you think of the spotlight? You, you guys were on for the fans. You guys are, you know, hey, this is going to be on national TV, right? Big platform. It's not YouTube. It's not like any of that stuff. Now you're literally game of the week, front and center. And you guys were on there for, I think, three times uh, out of the whole season. And so not including, obviously, the championship, but the spotlight. Did it get to to you guys in the locker room, the fact that you guys are going to be more nationally, you know, renowned at this point or the attention is going to be there? not just for the brand, but for the, for the team, but ultimately for you guys as, as, as players, your, your names are getting known, well-known, right? Because the more you're on TV, the more people are going to start to dive into certain players. That's a really good question. I know for me personally, just like this was my fifth year with the Vixen. So, and like in those five years, the Vixen have had, like we've been on the news a couple of times, people have been around, like our names getting tossed around. So I know for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was a football game. Every one of those games, I went into it knowing I know how to play football. I can play in this game. But for a lot of the the rest of the team, we had like a solid group of players who 
their rookie year was supposed to be 2019 or 2020, and then that year was canceled. Mm -hmm. So this was their rookie year. And then we also had players who joined the team this year. So we had a lot of players who hadn't been around through that growing period and to kind of like be part of a team that had a little bit of notoriety. So I think that for some people on the team, they're, that kind of was in the back of their minds. There was talk going around the locker rooms, talk on our Facebook group. Hey, this might be a big, important game, but don't let that get to you. Just go out and play football. And whether or not that actually affected anyone's playing, I can't say because every player, only every player can tell what affected them or what didn't. But it definitely was something that was getting talked about, just that, hey, this is the biggest game we've ever played in. So... Who knows whether or not that affected us at all. All right. Um, Grace, 42, kind of the face of the Vixen this season. So I, I think that's a cool thing because we need more of that. I think we need more of that to be more uh, – uh, make average college football fans or average NFL fans kind of understand, you know, the, uh, we need an impact face to a team. And every team, I think, needs that. We just talked to Angelita uh, Furman, you know, uh, she's a – obviously the face of the Derby City Dynamite now, if you think about it, because of her mm-hmm. accolade in the championship. But overall, I think the WFA individual teams need a face, need uh, a community face that, that the community can round up of, uh, around them, just like they do with high school sports or they do with, uh, you know, college sports, anything like that. So I think it's kind of cool that you're the cool representation of the Vixen in this season. Because I think, you know, your performance in the championship game, but overall in the season, you also had a very impactful season. So how do you take all that in, in stride, in other words, you know, to your head as an example, as people say, but the fact that you are somewhat of a representative of your team or your brand, your team's brand now? Honestly, it means a lot. Like when I started for the team, I was one of the most nervous people probably sitting in the parking lot at the tryout took me some minutes to work up the courage to go try out for the team. And then I thought I was going to be a linebacker. And then a couple of weeks before our first game, the coach said, Hey, you're going to be the starting running back. And I was just shocked. And then ever since then, it's been a journey of getting to be the best athlete that I can be. And so this, I mean, like I said, like this is the first year that I have been uh, playing with, two healthy knees after playing with the torn ACLs and then coming back from knee surgery. So this kind of felt like for me personally, the year that I had been waiting for in terms of being able to play. So at a very simple level, it was a lot of fun. Like (laughs) it's a lot of fun to run. I love running fast. I love like, it's just a really, really great feeling. And so then to get to do that week in and week out with teammates who are showing up and honoring the commitment that I'm putting into the sport by also giving their commitment to the sport. And then like you gave credit earlier to our O-line, they're there every day. So it feels like a really cool, like, Hey guys, I'm putting in work for this and I'm giving this to you all. I'm giving my time, my energy, and they're all showing up and they're giving their time and their energy. So it feels like a very collaborative cool environment to get to be a part of and something that I absolutely am honored beyond measure to, like you said, be the face of. And any one of our players could be the face of the team. 
because they're all showing up, they're all putting in effort. But being that person kind of carries with it an extra weight because I know that behind me are the other 56 players on our roster and all of our coaches and all of the kids watching who want to grow up and play football someday and all of the people who played for the Vixen before back like the past 20 years when you were going through seasons where you were 0-8 and and then they still came back the next year and made sure that the Vixen were around. So it very much feels like and carrying it and doing my best to keep it going until someone else comes along and takes it. So it's a really, really cool experience, and I'm very honored by it. Yeah, that's a re- the reason I bring it up because, you know, the, the New York Sharks disbanded, and you guys are literally, uh, in terms of the history books, this franchise, you know, Laura and everybody else has kept it alive. Uh, this franchise really means a lot to the sport, right? So to represent not only the Vixen, but to represent a piece of history uh, as a brand, it's, 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 it's kind of like the ultimate uh, privilege, right, to have a privilege to represent th- this team that has uh, basically has history behind it, not just a one- or two-year team. This is 20 years in the making, almost over 20 years in the making. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really cool to have that um, and to, to, for people to know that, right, for people to realize that. A lot of people don't realize it after a while because it, it's just another team, another name. It's just another league. But when you start to dive into the uh, historical aspect of it, just like the Toledo Troopers of the 70s, uh, Minnesota really stands on itself now, given uh, the Sharks are no longer around. This is basically a, a flag bearer for the sport, which is an, a cool thing in itself. Like some of the people on our team, we got to meet some of the Troopers before uh, the game. I met one of them down on the field. And just to know that, like, so many people's dreams are being realized in us and getting to, like, getting to play on a stadium. A couple of years ago, we played in a the D2 championship, and it was on a practice field. And now we're playing in a championship, and every single team playing in a championship got to play on the Hall of Stadium or the Hall of Fame stadium field. And just to – that was something that was talked about. Some of our older players talked about that before and after the game just the weight of all of the years, like the history and the 20 years and the troopers and everything that's been going into this sport for so long and how we are now part of kind of like receiving the uh, rewards of all of the work that's gone in and also knowing all of the work that we still have to do to make sure that this sport continues. Uh, After the championship, I talked to – quite a few people, a variety of players, coaches, and just random people up in the stands who uh, thanked me for what the championship game meant for the future of the sport, which was something I hadn't really considered. But the mm-hmm. after the game, you're annoyed that you lost, and I was kind of like, well, time to go do it next year. But just the um, impact of having a season where teams can compete and then a championship game – that's competitive and there are multiple competitive teams in the league and what that means for women's football um, on the whole to be able to be a successful league. And yeah, there's just a lot of history and past and future and all of that stuff all wrapped into one. So it makes it more than just the sport, which is really cool. Yeah, and that's the reason I'm telling you or bringing that up to you because I really think that that's, that's the key 
for us to kind of break through. And I think we've broken through. I mean, there's a lot of progress has been made. Um, you know, uh, Lisa King, obviously one of the focal points of it, uh, when Domini doing things in the background, all the sponsors that were acquired in, in the last couple of years have made an impact. And the NFL being right there, you know, at that stadium, uh, knowing and understanding the impact and the fact that women's tackle football is played at a high level, I think hopefully that message got to them and hopefully it'll get to them within the next four years too, because that's going to be a representation. Mm-hmm. The, pressure, the pressure isn't on that you arrive there. I think the pressure was the performances had to be good. And that's what we talked about at the beginning of the year. It's great that you're at the Hall of Fame game, but if you don't have competitive, you know, matches in a championship game, then that is just it's the waste, right? You want to have the yep. two best teams at the end of the season show up and ball out so that, you know, the big gorilla, uh, the big sponsors, anybody attached to the big gorilla can start to see value, right? Start to see value in women's tackle football so that we can get the uh, respect, number one, but ultimately we get the recognition from, you know, from dollars that where there, there's a difference there, right? When we get the actual sponsorships, mm-hmm. that makes a huge difference in a lot of ways, not just for equipment or anything like that, but also at some point down the road, maybe that's going to transition to players getting paid. So it's baby steps, but at the same time, uh, it's still a big pressure for, for players. So uh, if you want to talk about 2022, the six teams that will arrive in, you know, in Canton once again, it's no different than the pressure this year for the inaugural teams that showed up this year. I think that's, that's the message that we got to send to everybody in, in the tackle world, you know, that the fact that if you're a WFA player and you're going to play in 2022 and your road is to Canton, um, when you arrive in Canton, it's 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 that kind of pressure. It's the fact that you're representing not just the brand, but you're representing oh, uh, the progress of going forward for notice to get noticed to uh, progress the sport to a level where it's respected, and also at some point, hopefully down the road with enough sponsors, every player will reap the benefits of you know getting paid to play. One hundred percent. And you could ask just about any person playing in this league, and they'll tell you that they put in time and effort and money and all of that works up to they should absolutely be paid for it. So that is a perfect point and that's a, like you said another great thing to uh remind players in the league to be like, "Hey, we're fighting for recognition. So put in the work and show up to Canton and prove to everybody that you're worth watching." Yeah, and that's what the the, the whole thing boils down to and that's what we that's what we've tried to do on this platform is uh bring players like you the attention grabbing so that people understand who you are, what team you play for, what community you represent, but ultimately the fact that you are a, a, you know, outstanding athlete. That's the bottom line, an outstanding athlete that plays, uh, you know, football. That's it. And once we get the message mm-hmm. across, hopefully we'll get enough interested people to go see the Vixen live, right, to go see them in the stands, to maybe help out and sponsor a player or sponsor the whole team it gets to that stage where that's what's going to happen. And I think that's what we're going and growing towards and putting that effort ultimately as a community in terms of the tackle game. Um, and it doesn't hurt that we get national attention. It doesn't hurt that, you know, obviously for the fans, it's, 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 it's uh, putting up a, a game of the week, which is great. Um, I think the WFA did a fantastic job this, this year uh, transitioning, you know, a couple games, switching a couple games from, other teams instead of keeping the same schedule because I think it really is a factor mid-season, right? Because certain teams are playing really good ball. Why 
when you put out a schedule, that's great, but, you know, do the shift. As the NFL does the flex, we do the shift, and we want to, rep, we want to mm-hmm. put out the, the better teams uh, on, the, on the broadcast so that people can actually understand competitive football, and that's what we want. We want to showcase competitive football to a point where fans do relate, and then hopefully we draw in those fans to the stands, as, as the motto would go, fans to the stands, that's what we want. All right, uh, Grace, Absolutely. it's been a pleasure to come on. Hopefully you're not, you're not a stranger. Well, you're welcome back anytime, and uh, kind of dive into the, the off-season now. So what are you doing uh, for off-season mode? Are you taking some time off here and then getting back into the grind? Well, I took about a week off, and then today was my first day back in the gym, so I think about a week was all the time off that I needed. Uh, you feel like your body needs rest, but then, I don't know, you spend so much time with your teammates and you spend so much time working out towards the goal that too much time off and you kind of start to feel like you you have no purpose. So I took a week off, uh, going to come back in the off season working on uh, shoring up any weaknesses, making sure that everything's strong and ready to go for the off season. And, uh, off-season is a really good time to put in the work for recruiting future players, talking to sponsors, doing all of the extra work to grow the team and the sport they don't have time for in the season. So it's a really great time in the off-season for building the foundation. Okay, well, we're going to dive into NFL for the next, uh, I don't know, six months or so. So you're welcome to come back if you want to talk NFL and always like to get a perspective on you know, players in and the NFL and give your input also as well as a player in terms of to week action. So you're welcome to come back if you want. Just let me know what Tuesday's good for you and we can dive into NFL too since it's a WFA off season. Yeah, awesome. I have lots of thoughts about NFL players, so that would be a lot of fun. All right. Always always welcome opinions because we, we have the salty one, so we we welcome more <laughs> saltiness to the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. All right, great. Thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate you making the time for us, and uh, congratulations once again on your honors, MVP, and the uh, great season that you and the Vixen had this year. And uh, we're uh, so excited and can't wait for 2022 to kick off once again the next summer and see you back in action. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and I love talking about my team. So thanks again. Have a great night, okay? Thank you very much. Thanks, you too, Oscar. Bye. All right, uh, Mackenzie, uh, I don't know about you, but two, badass. What do you two? Man, I love me some Grace Cooper. Oh, love that girl. She's so fun, dude. And she works her butt off. Like, oh, God, I love it. I, I love any kind of athlete that works as hard as I do. Like, I work my ass off, and anybody that I come around – I know works their ass off too. So I, I love it. I love it. Love to see right. it, Oscar. Hey, you know what, Mac? 242 is on this podcast. Just, we'll just make a point. Furman 42, Cooper 42. I had to pull it off. 42, 42. There you go. All on the same, same night. I love it. All right, let's get into it then, uh, Mac. Uh, let's figure this out. Is San Diego ready to upset the WNFC and shake it up? What do you think? Ooh, 
and I'm I'm gonna get a lot of backlash for this. I don't even care. Um, I think they can do it. The problem is for me is who's gonna stop Destiny Yarbrough? <laughs> I mean, someone tell me who's gonna stop that woman. For real, for real. You're just giving her some more hype. She doesn't need more hype. I think she's that good. But go no, ahead. I, um, I, her and I are about the same size, and she mowed me over. And I'm not a small woman. I mean, like, but that whole entire, the whole entire Texas Elite Spartan team is a well-oiled machine. Like, legitimately well-oiled machine. And, I mean, the San Diego Rebellion is also a well-oiled machine. It's, it's really going to be battle of, the coaches, to be honest, whose who's coaching staff going to outsmart the other side? All right, let's break it down because I want to break it down, okay, because the WNFC is breaking it down this week. Let's break it down. Bushman, Martin, two USA football gold medalists. Bushman, the better numbers in terms of yards and completions. Martin has complete dual threat. It's a dual threat. Okay, so passing game, not as, not as good, but the running game is very effective. So if they become one-dimensional with Nenji, uh, that could be a problem for the Rebellion if they, if they rely on just her. But they also have Gonzalez, right? So the Adriana Gonzalez on the other side, which has been a beast all season. So offensively, mm-hmm. the Rebellion has two weapons. Um, if you want to look at the Spartans, Mackenzie, and you just mentioned it, uh, if Green comes back, okay, that's a, a, a fluctuation. Jarbrough is back there, right? That's a fluctuation. Mm. Um, so there is dual threats, probably three running backs on the other side. You still have Hill. I don't even know, I don't even know if Hill's going to be available. So on, on the Spartan side, we do have a multitude of running backs that can do that. On the other side, we have a quarterback slash running back, and then we have a full running back as well. So if you look at that, I, I'm thinking the lines will be the key. The lines will be the key. Um, let's just, I, you, were, you, were getting, you were getting right to where I was getting. Let's start up front in the straight-up middle with the Texas Elite Spartans and Elizabeth Dillo Jenkins. Um, that woman is a monster. I don't care who you are. You could be Charles Haley, and you're not beating her. Um, Dillo handled me And I was salty about it But that's what happens When you have a team full of veterans Like and legit veterans And I'm not just talking like Veterans of the team I'm talking like veterans of the sport Like and multiple veterans From multiple teams Championship runs um, you know, Winning seasons Things like that Dillo is a very 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 smart Center She's very mobile She's very quick she will pop you in your face, just speaking from personal experience. Um, that is a thing. Her entire line across the board averages, I think, 5'11". Like, they're tall. <laughs> I just – it's like having a bunch of Mack trucks on the line and Oscar as quarterback. <laughs> I just – and, like, I'm just, like, I'm so astounded. Like, this game is going to be ridiculous. I cannot freaking wait. Oh God, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm I'm in fact I'm giddy about it. I ain't even gonna lie to you. But let's not take away from the fact that Ninji Martin 
and Gonzalez over there with San uh, Diego Rebellion. Oh, this is – both teams Both teams have literally built their teams from the ground up since, you know, the inaugural season of the WNFC, and they have both stayed dominant. It's just – it's oh, God, I just – oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. Oh! Mac, there's a, there's a drawback here because a lot of comments are being made here. The, the, the Rebellion get here squeaking by. That's what the Rebellion, you know, that's the story. They, they won where they had to win to get through here. Where against the Spartans, the competitive Alabama fire somewhat exposed some of them, some of, some of their stuff. But ultimately, the gap between uh, separation it's still a huge gap if you start looking at it in terms of numbers. So I really think, to your point, uh, the uphill battle is for the rebellion because they don't score enough, and you know what happens when the Spartans get going in terms of offense. Well, let's, let's take this under consideration, Oscar. You can't take away the work that the San Diego Rebellion has done. I mean, let, let's be honest. Like, okay, sure, they may have squeaked by – but squeaking by got them a win. They won. Now they're in the championship game, okay, where, you know, they had, may have been exposed this season, um, you know, may have had, you know, a little bit more weaknesses than one, you know, Texas League Spartans. But the fact that the Alabama Fire was able to, to expose that and almost upset them, to the Spartans and how, you know, how well-oiled they are. But even as almost as perfect as they are, they still have full pause as well. No, I agree with you. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is we're looking at Spartans doing their thing. We're looking at the rebellion. What I, what I mean by squeaking by is it's a tougher division. They, got to, they got had to get by it. They had to get by the Falcons and the Silver Stars, and they had, to, what, three points to beat the – Silver Stars, and I think almost four points to beat the Falcons. My point is, can they score enough? Because it's going to be the defense of the Rebellion that will have to stand out one more time to try to keep the Spartans at a, a competitive lower level of offense so that they can match up pretty well. In other words, if they can make it a grind game, which this, which Texas has not seen in a long time, okay, besides the championship the championship in 2009 against the, the Falcons, right? That was a close matchup. So if San Diego can do what they're supposed to do defensively and they're able to capitalize offensively on some of the, some of the things that Alabama did early on in that game, I think they have a shot. I'm not saying that they don't have a shot. Obviously, they deserve to have a shot. They're here. They are deserving of being here, getting through their schedule. They're undefeated. And that's the cool thing about it is this is a battle of two undefeated teams. If the Rebellion, Mac, wins, no matter what, whether it's a point, three points, a touchdown, whatever, if they pull this off, they would be the first team in the league history to take down a number one ranked and number two ranked team. That is huge. Yeah, it, but, but, and I feel, like, I feel like I sound like I'm favoring – the Spartans, and maybe that's what it is because maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've, I've played against my Nighthawks, played against 
the Spartans, and it was not great for us on our end. But seeing how well-oiled they were, and my girl, Jewel Grimsley, on defense over there. Oh, my goodness. It's whew, it's going to be scary. I'm going to tell you that. Ooh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like, I just, oh, man. Oscar, I just, I'm going this weekend. I'm participating in some of the stuff down there. And I just, I'm excited. Like, I'm not even excited for my own stuff. I'm more excited for these games. Yeah, this is this is this is a huge game. I'm I'm just trying to put it in perspective for our fans. The fact is that you have two undefeated teams coming in here with two different methods of winning. That's my point to you. We have two different methods of winning, right? We have a steamroll method where they just take control and all of a sudden they just win it out, right? We have the rebellion who's like to slow it down and put it put some sort of brakes on it, but at the same time they're very productive. That's my point. So if they can somehow, I wouldn't say shut down the Spartans, but if they can bring and play their game, which the Spartans have not played well in in past, even with the Falcons, they still had a competitive matchup. So the buildup here is, you know, one of these two teams has to somewhat play their own game in order for them to completely win. We want a competitive matchup ultimately here in in this game because we don't want a blowout. Nobody wants to see a, you know, a blowout. Everybody wants to see a grind, beat down, really competitive game. And I think if you put together the matchups, I think defenses are going to be the key here. I don't even think the offenses are going to be much of a factor in that sense, but I think the defenses are going to be the, the, the keys. Who will be standing up here? Uh, Griswold taking on Tyler. That's a two matchup there. You said Dillo taking on, um, I think, the other matchup. I can't remember her. Aluna, I think it is, right? Uh, Luna on the other side offensively. Um, We have Bushman, Martin. You know for a fact that Nenji Martin isn't coming in here intimidated by her teammate in the USA team or the Spartans. I don't think she's intimidated. (laughs) She knows that's an obstacle. To be honest, I don't think it's an intimidation factor. To get through this, she's going to have to take down the big kahuna, which is a big task. But ultimately – this is where we're at. This is why we're so excited about it. Well, and let, let's be honest. Like, I don't think it's so much an intimidation factor per se. I think it's more of a high level of respect because the both of them are on Team USA. Mm-hmm. So that alone already says what kind of caliber of talent the both of them have seen. They've played against each other. They've played with each other. And, you know, now it's just like, you know, the U.S. women's national team you know, and, and all those club team girls coming together, you know, and doing what they do. And, you know, now you're you know, basically taking it to their club level and showing what their club level can do outside of each other, you know, on Team USA. So I, I think that that's, that's where you kind of have to, lo- you know, load up your, um, your, your perspective opinion, rather. Not even so much of, of, of the intimidation factor on any side, whether it be the rebellion to the Spartans or vice versa. All right. So, Matt, the time has come. We must make a prediction. So we'll either be completely bald, and you're going to be there front and center to witness it. So uh, I guess your prediction will be known once you arrive in TFW. Um, I want to give the the edge. um, I think if – my thing is I – 
it's tough to go against Texas. I'm just that's just the way I, I got to start it out. It's tough to try to bet against Texas, um, but I am going to say uh, San Diego will keep it close, and they will they will Texas will probably win out within that one one touchdown difference. I'd say one to two touchdown difference. Uh, I want to say one touchdown difference. So I'll give them. I'll give. I'd say that's the case. But I'm, I'm giving the edge to the Spartans. Just the edge to the Spartans. Ooh, you know, I'm also going to agree with you, but I'm going to keep it within three. I think the Spartans are going to win by a field goal. I don't know. So, something's telling me that the Rebellion defense is going to just. I feel like the Rebellion defense is going to shock us all a little bit more than we think. Um, and I also think Destiny Yarbrough is going to run for at least 200 yards. Not even going to lie. Not going to lie. I, that, that's just what I think. Um, because nobody can stop her. Like, period. I don't care who you are. I don't know about that stiff arm, Mac, but it makes everybody look pretty silly when she's when she, <laughs> stiff arms. Look, she made me look silly, and I I can highly admit that. She made me look silly, and I'm like, oh, I almost got her. Nope, stiff arm, and I was done for the count. So I know what she can do. (laughs) No, I agree. That's that's scary. It's scary. Um, So so we're taking taking Texas on both sides. That's where we're at right now. We're taking Texas on both sides. All right. So I'm pretty sure San Diego is listening to us, and they they just got fumed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, San Diego the don't like us right now. I, I, no, I, I got no, some friends no. on the San Diego team that are going to give me hell. It's going to be fine. Yeah, I no. love you guys. I uh, swear I do. I want to <laughs> be clear. I want to be clear to the Rebellion squad, okay? Prove me wrong. That's, that's where I'm going to leave it at. Prove me wrong. Because if you can prove us wrong, you will not only make history in this league, you will be known – in the history books, right, to take down the juggernaut that is the elite Spartans. If you can do that and pull it off, my God, are we going to be so over the top? Uh, we thought the WFA weekend was great. This right here would take the, 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 the honors of the year, right, don't you think? If they go into mm-hmm. Texas at DFW and take down DFW, that would mean they had they have taken down the Falcons, and they would have taken down the Spartans. And so, my friends, that would be one for the history books and one to tell your kids about for a long, long time. Agreed. So, uh, Mac, what did I usually say here? Uh, no pressure, right, Rebellion? <laughs> no pressure. No, yeah. to, no pressure. No pressure. We're just expecting a lot. That's all. <laughs> well, I guess we're just. Yeah. But you know, we're we're fans. We're fans, and we want to see the best competitive matchup, right? And we know the rebellion didn't get here because they were not competitive. They were competitive all year. Oh, They're undefeated. Absolutely. They deserve to be here. Uh, you know, whether we pick them or not at this point will not be the end result because the end result will be on that Saturday night, and we will we will know exactly what side each team is at and no matter what Mac this is this is a historic moment for the WNFC 
uh, the event, the Fan Fest, right? All the uh, panels, everything that's going. Sarah Fuller is going to be there. You'll be able to meet Sarah Fuller in uh, in DFW. Look, and and my favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time is going to be there. Yep. Charles Haley, and I'm so. Oh yeah. Come on, you, you you're giddy for this. You want you're gonna be there I, I, with Haley. If you, if you literally could see the grin I have on my face at this point, you would just be like, Mac, I love it. No, it's gonna be a great weekend. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a huge, a huge event for the two days for the event there. Um, but you know, ultimately the matchup is gonna come down to all we want is a competitive matchup. That's all we want. We're not. Whether we pick Texas or whether we we take San Diego, whatever your your pick is going to be in terms of a fan, the, the bottom line is uh, we just want a very competitive matchup, right? That's what we want, Mac. We want a very gritty, down to the wire. Uh, Alabama proved that you can stay competitive with uh, the Spartans if you limit your mistakes, right? That was literally Alabama's yes. issue. Limit their mistakes. They have, would have caught one or two more passes. We don't know if even we would be talking about Alabama right now in the final. So, you know, you cannot make the mistakes. And on in that game, I will make a note, too, in that game, the Spartans against Alabama did not play their best game, also made mistakes. Absolutely. So if San Diego can get into the uh, elite's heads, Spartans' heads, maybe that will – change everything right it could it could happen right it's the in-game attitude absolutely so Mackenzie, what what are you, what are you going to do for the weekend fans wise when you're there what, what are you doing are you, are you getting there early thursday or what's your plan um i'll get well i'll be there i'll be getting there like mid-afternoon friday um i'm gonna hopefully still try to sign up for the uh uh, they have a trench work camp um, for linemen, so I'm going to try to sign up for that and hopefully don't miss it. Um, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. And, oh, man. I mean, I'm like, like I'm going to be able to watch the all-program, you know, the all-program the all program game, rather. Um, you know, those of us who made the list, you know, made the all-pro team. And then those of us who, you know, made the first team to play, um, it's going to be fun to watch to be able to see, you know, who is the best of the best of the best, you know, to be able to play that game. So I'm excited to watch everything and see and just kind of bond with my fellow WNFC sisters, you know, in a, in a fun-filled weekend. All right. So um, I want to just invite everybody to follow Mackenzie Brooks. Uh, it's going to be on Facebook, Mackenzie Brooks. And you got at Mac Truck. What was it on, on Twitter? At Mac Truck, right? Or Mac Sports, you changed yeah, it to Mac Sports. Uh, Mac Tr- Mac, it's Mac Truck Sports, um, or my regular handle is uh, Truckstick64. Uh, my Instagram is uh, Snack Truck 64 and you can find me on Facebook, Mackenzie Brooks with two Zs and an M A C K at the top of it. Um, and I mean, I'll be I'll be around. I'll be the I'll, I'm basically your your on-site news reporting woman for the Gridiron Blitz podcast this weekend awesome i want i I'm, we're going to go ahead and share that uh, as you post stuff on your page we'll go keep an eye on it and then we'll try to share it out to our page um figure that out but uh 
what an, what an awesome event that's going to happen. WNFC Final 2021 Nine Cup. It's going to happen over in Apogee Stadium that's a, uh, in Texas. And this is a clash, Mac. We just talked about it right now. This is a clash. This is a duel. Uh, San Diego is not coming here to lose like any other team would. And uh, Texas obviously wants to maintain their dominance. So it's a, it's a tale of two stories, right? Yeah, it's going to be – oh, I can't – I just – I'm so excited. I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. All right. So, uh, guys, if you want to dive into the weekend, WNFCfootball.com is where you want to go. You get ticket details there. If you're going to be in the Texas area, the DFW area, right there, um, you get all the details. and uh, You can follow uh, on our page at Gridiron Beauties. We will be – uh, following up the link, we'll get the links to the game. We'll get the uh, updating on some of the stuff that's happening in the weekend via the uh, WNFC page, as well as Mackenzie Brooks is going to be there as well. So get dived in, get your popcorn ready, get ready for a class of clashes. You know what last weekend was all about. The WFA National Championships were huge. This is another stepping stone, uh, another major league in our, in our state, in our country as well. And so uh, two of the biggest leagues uh, in terms of the sport are here front and center. And uh, I guess uh, if you want to call it, it doesn't get any better than this. We're playing the championship in Texas, which is football heaven. So there it is, football heaven in Texas, WNFC championship. It's going to be fireworks for sure. All right, uh, Bushman taking on Nenji Martin. We got – Destiny Jerbro taking on uh, Adriana Gonzalez. We got the defense showing up. Griswold taking on Tyler. Okay, so uh, you know we got everything for that matchup. Everything's happening. And to top it off, if you didn't know, our um, own Mackenzie Brooks right here, her uh, debut in the fighting world. There you go. Congratulations. A great, great effort. Uh, go to the hub and you get it right there. If you were at the hub, you would have already known it before you got here. But congratulations again, Mac, on your uh, your win. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. All right. Uh, safe travels to Texas. Uh, we'll look forward to your updates, and uh, we we'll look forward to this huge matchup, this competitive matchup. And I'm 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 just like saddened that I couldn't make it to both title games, but. I'm planning to do it next year to make sure that um, I don't miss out on all this excitement as well. But uh, overall, it's going to be great. So keep an eye out on the uh, Gridiron Beauties uh, fan uh, fan page on Facebook. You go to our Twitter feed at Gridiron Beauties as well, and then our keep an eye on Mac Mackenzie Brooks. So uh, Mac, anything else for the fans before we get out of here? No, you know the salty one missed y'all, but I'm back. Stay excited. Stay tuned in. Get to the hub for all your information. Make sure you're following all your, the co-hosts on social media land, Stratosphere. Um, for more saltiness, just follow me on my pages. It's a daily thing. All right. So try to avoid uh, going into Facebook jail because then obviously that's going to knock off your whole follow me mentality. But overall, she's back. You know, I've, I've, I've avoided jail. jail for a week, so I'm, I think I'm okay. I have I'm I'm I've avoided jail for a week now, so that's a record for me. Oh my God! When I, I was trying to like hook you hook up with you, and I'm like, oh, she's in jail again. Oh, no, no surprise. <laughs> that's literally my answer. Okay. Yep, no wonder yeah. I can't get old. Mm-hmm. 
So that was that was not cool. Not cool, Mac. Don't go to jail anymore. Sorry. Zuckerberg doesn't my bad. you. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Um that's it. We're we're out. I think I only got a um a minute or so. So uh don't forget you guys, follow Mackenzie Brooks. She's gonna be at the WNFC uh weekend, including uh she's gonna be at the title game, the nine cup, uh San Diego Rebellion versus the Texas Elite Spartans. So a uh, great matchup. Go to WN, uh, WNFCfootball.com. Thanks to our, uh, co- uh, our interviews today, our guest host today. Thanks to uh, Marcus Riley, uh, Petra Mancata of the Sun City Stealth. Thank you to um, Angelita uh, Furman from the D.C. Derby. And also the talented Grace Cooper for coming in on the podcast today to give us the, her insight. So uh, for the absent Holly Custis, Nate Ward, Mark Simone, And for Mackenzie Brooks, Oscar Lopez saying here, catch you next week as we recap nine cup championship weekend. So don't miss it. Have a great night, everybody. It's the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.